What's up? Welcome to Dead Academy Podcast. I'm Fallon. And I'm Michelle. And this week we're doing our very first two-parter. We're going to start out with the 23-year-old unsolved case of John Benet Ramsey. So welcome to the show. Uh, the reason I picked John Benet, honestly, I was 12 years old when this happened. You, I will tell you ahead of time, you know a lot more about it than I do. I know. I've. <laughs> this is kind of the case that got me into true crime really because it's still unsolved and like it's the shit that happened to her is just so unspeakable and unbelievable that I mean it's still no one knows who did it but part two of this is going to be you know us discussing theories and who might have done it and then at the end people can make their own mind up but I guarantee you in this episode you will hear things you've already heard a million times you will see uh, or not see, you will hear mm-hmm. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> some things you have not heard before, um, maybe some that you already have, but either way, people from all over the world, still to this day, whenever you go to like any kind of supermarket or whatever, you're going to see a tabloid or some kind of article or magazine with John Bonet's face on it, still. Mm-hmm. So with that being said, are you ready for the case of John Bonet Ramsey? I'm about as ready as I can be. All right, let's go. All right, well, if everyone's ready, I'm just going to jump right into this. Ready. Ready? Ready. Okay. So the murder of John Bonet Ramsey. John Bonet was a six-year-old girl who was also like a little Miss Teen or preteen beauty pageant winner. Um, she's from Boulder, Colorado, and on December 26th, the day after Christmas in 1996, her father, John Brown, John, found... John Bonet murdered in a very grotesque way in the basement of their Boulder home, which is located at 749 15th Street in Boulder, Colorado. So, a little bit of back history on the family. And this is really important to, like, really focus on this back history. So, John, the father, was a multimillionaire. I mean, he was, like, obscenely wealthy. They had a private jet, they had a yacht, and they had private boats, they had two separate homes. Like, this guy... He was the owner and CEO of his company. Um, let's see. He, he was big time. Super big time. Something to point out, he was kind of a, um, <clears throat> I wouldn't say quiet man, but compared to his wife, Patsy, he was definitely the more recluse. Reserved, reserved I would say. Right. Reserved, quiet kind of guy. And he actually never cried when he found John Bonet's body. That's something to really focus on later. Um he was the owner of Access Graphics so- Software. They had uh, one home in Colorado, one home in their hometown of uh, Georgia. Let's see. He had three kids from a previous marriage. The daughter, I think her name was Beth, she actually died in a car accident in 1994. So John was also an ex-naval pilot. Mm-hmm. Good to know. Now the mom, Patsy, she was a 1977 beauty pageant winner. She was known as being very loud, outspoken, <clears throat> very loving of her children, she was a stay-at-home dramatic. mom. Dramatic. She was very dramatic. Yes. 
She was a stay-at-home mom. Um, again, she loved her kids very much, but when she, you know, she got older and then she had John Bonet, she kind of put John Bonet in these pageants because Patsy actually had a reunion with her beauty pageant winners from 90, from 77. And John Bonet went with her and was like, mommy, when, you know, when can I start dancing on stage? When can I start singing? And so Patsy immediately put her in these pageants and she just took fucking off. Like, yeah, John Bonet was beautiful. She was. But she didn't look like a little kid. She didn't have a problem with these pageants. I mean, when you see pictures of her, like her pageant pictures, and then pictures of her, like in her living room playing with toys, it's totally different. Well, I mean, she had worked on her teeth, her hair is dyed. It's just, it's, she's six. Yeah, I don't know if she had teeth and hair dyed, though. Her hair was colored some to be like a platinum blonde. I I mean, she was just a blonde. I think I read some, like, they, she did some shit to I her. haven't seen that, but I do know, like, in pageants with kids, like, they have, like, mouth guards they can wear that are, like, fake teeth and, yeah. you know, spray tans and all this other shit. I just have a problem with that. Oh, absolutely. Like, Pageant moms are Just think about crazy. how you looked when you were six. Oh, you saw my picture when I was train six. train wreck. Yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> okay, so, Patsy had another child, the oldest being Burke, uh, who at the time of John Bonet's murder, he was only nine years old. He was known as being socially awkward, kind of overlooked when it came to the beauty and awe of John Bonet. He had a little bit of an overbite. He was mostly kept quiet and kept away from everything. Not a very social person. And even now to this day, as he got older, and he's done a couple interviews, um, one more famously with Dr. Phil, which I highly recommend you watch it. It's really yeah. interesting. He, You can just tell he's definitely socially awkward. Like he has... Some problems answering questions, everything, he smiles to everything, he's just a little bit off. Um, But, I mean, again, he's been through some shit, maybe that's just how he is and who he has been. I mean, my brother's super quiet and I'm not, so maybe it's one of those things. It could just be, I mean, there's a lot of tension on her. Oh, constant attention. I mean, like, beauty pageants play, she was performing at malls and... I mean, if you had to rank your children... Oh, clearly she was. She's the number favorite. one. Absolutely. Without a doubt. So speaking of her, John Bonet, she was born August 6th, which is my mom's birthday, in 1990. At the age of six, she also passed away. She was a pageant winner. Her last performance was in a local mall for um for Christmas. She was uh up on stage or whatever, dressed really cute and all red, and she performed rocking around the Christmas tree. And this was just four days before she was murdered. Yeah. Um Again, she wanted to be in pageants since she was three. And, I mean, for the most part, everyone found her to be really sweet, a ball of energy. She was kind and caring to other people. She was very helpful. She was a good little six-year-old girl. Right. Who was essentially famous for her beauty and now her murder. Right. So, days before her murder. So, John's company, again, Access Graphics, was featured in a high-profile article Touting his record-breaking billion-dollar sales mark. That's B, billion. Yeah. Billion-dollar sales mark. John later said that he actually, quote, regrets publicizing that information because he was afraid that it would draw attention to his family. Which, again, this was also posted just four days before John Bonet's murder. So, in both 1994 and on December 20th of 96, the Ramseys had what's called a Christmas open house which is, again, Christmas time in this, their super fancy neighborhood. Mm-hmm. They were 
they eventually allowed over, let's see, between 1,500 to 2,000 people. Strangers. Strangers, yeah, yeah, to come tour their home, which was completely decked out for fucking Christmas. I mean, they had the front of their house, which it looks like a smaller house, but it's actually humongous, and I'll get to that in a little bit. Um, they had every inch of it completely decorated. The front looked like a gingerbread house. It just They literally made a video and published it and was like, hey, Merry Christmas from the Ramseys. You know, we would love for you to tour our home. And that's not really uncommon. Like, I lived in a house in Middletown where they did a Christmas lighting tour. And it's like, I lived in a historic home, and they were like, let people in. I, I can't even like, imagine. that. Could you imagine? Just like, <laughs> Hell <laughs> no. <laughs> Especially mean, 2019. Like, no way. Exactly. Well, so 1,500 to 2,000 people, strangers, came in their home, went up every floor, saw every decoration, met the family, you know, they got to meet John Bonet. The whole fucking layout of the house, which, yeah, the, the, the layout's crazy. Aside so. from the basement, I don't think they toured the basement. It was just, the, the house had four floors. I think it was just the, like, main floor and the top floor. I could be wrong, though. Mm-hmm. Um, but it does kind of make you wonder, like, did someone maybe tour the home in preparation for the kidnapping? Like, scope it out, yeah. Scope it out. Did they get there and realize, like, maybe it was a pedophile that saw her, saw how easy it was to get in and out of the house, you know, because if you're touring that many people over a couple of days, you know, this wasn't the whole month. This was in a couple of days. Yeah. Um, she put, they put John Bonet out there for a well, lot of people to well, see. Well, I don't know if it's in your notes, but I did read that in their neighborhood, they had like around 38 oh, yeah. sex offenders. Mm-hmm. Uh, yep. <laughs> within a couple mile radius of their house. And yet you're doing an open house. So what... Well, there were also over 130 break-ins. Yeah, in that but area. I mean, we'll just say with the sex offenders, there's 38 around you, and you had over over 2,000 people come in. Mm-hmm. The chances of one of those 38 coming in is pretty good. Uh, yeah, I mean, if not all of them. If you're a I pedophile mean, and you know that this famous, beautiful little girl is living down the street, and you get to go in her house, I mean, that's like if there if. H.H. H. Holmes's murder castle was still a thing, and everyone's like, hey, come tour it. Fuck yeah, I'm going to go tour it, you know? <laughs> so that happened for two days. On December 23rd, the Ramseys held a closer-knit party, Christmas party, with um, their friends, their friends' children. They were making gingerbread houses. Like, it was just a great time. Um, John Bonet was seen taking coats from everybody. She was helping with the gingerbread setup and everything. So between now four days, they've had over 2,000 people mm-hmm. at this house. So fingerprints, DNA, hair, everything. Even if the maid or whatever came down and actually cleaned it, there's no way. Hold on. That yeah. just moved by itself. Yeah, you saw that too, right? Yeah. Okay. It's a go-go-go-go. 325, I think that was. I mean, we're fine. That card, right? Yeah. Yeah. It just shook by itself. Okay. Well, I'm not, I'm not cutting that out. We're in here recording a podcast in a haunted room. Yeah, Shit's that was moving. Weird. Yeah, there's this thing on my desk that just completely started taking off out of nowhere. (laughs) John Bonet, are you with us? (laughs) Dude, that would be so crazy. Wouldn't that be some shit? (laughs) Hold on, hold on. Let's let's, let's do a little EVP. No. Just keep talking. Okay, well, right there was a little bitty hop up in the... Anyway, my house may or may not be haunted. (laughs) Um, With that being said, so let's talk about the house, Okay. From all the pictures that people saw from the outside, it doesn't look like that very, that, it looks like a nice house, but it doesn't look very big. It looks like a very typical A-frame home you'd see 
Um, it actually was not. This house was fucking massive. It just keeps going on through the back. So the house, it was built in 1926 and is over 7,000 square feet, has four floors, has nine outside doors, and 104 windows. 100 of those windows actually open up to the outside. The other ones do not. They're just like decorative windows. Wait, um, I have 10 windows. And I know I have 28. 10. <laughs> yeah. 10. We're talking 104. <laughs> so, John Bonet's room was on the second floor, which included a very large Romeo and Juliet esque balcony. I mean, this thing is humongous. You can easily fit, it's like twice of my deck mm-hmm. for this little girl's balcony. Burke's room was clear on the other side of the, the completely other side of the house, uh, also on the second floor. So, like, I mean, sorry, on the first floor, right above the basement. Right. Um, John and Patsy's room was on the other side of Burke's floor, or Burke's area, and it was, their, their bedroom mostly consisted of the entire third floor. They had, their bed was directly above, yeah, Burke's room, completely from the opposite end of the house from John Bonet. So you literally have people on That's every so different. Weird. It's weird. Like I, if I had a house that big, I would want my little kid, my kids actually, to sleep closer to me mm-hmm. than thousands of feet away. Instead of the east wing, and you're on the west wing. Exactly. <laughs> but whatever. There were also multiple staircases leading from the parents' room down to a hidden staircase that led to the second floor. There was another um, staircase that was close to John Bonet's room, and then there was down another hidden spiral staircase, which is the one that Patsy found the ransom letter on, leading to the kitchen, which is where Patsy actually found that random or random ransom note. It was on the spiral staircase mm-hmm. from their bedroom down to the hidden wall in the kitchen. Okay. Again, yeah, there were 38 registered sex offenders within two miles of the home, and I was wrong. There was 120 break-ins within that year in that area. Many of the doors and windows were locked, throughout the house and they had multiple different locks on different doors and different windows so i don't know if they need i thought they were i thought a lot of them were unlocked they they may have been <clears throat> but either way there were locks on windows and doors they oh. could have been unlocked but they had multiple oh different i locks. see what you're saying yeah yes. okay so here's one thing that kind of makes you wonder a little bit about since this house was so big let's say the killer could he have possibly let's say, picked John Bonet up from her bed, carried her down the second floor steps, leading all the way down to the basement. He would have to turn right off the steps into a small landing, going straight ahead to a room at the very end of the hall on the left, um, which was a room where she was found in. It was just basically roughed out concrete junk room. Patsy kept some of her art supplies in there. But the point is, if you were to go from John Bonet's room down to that room where she was found and you were abducting her, you either had to have A known exactly where you were going in that house, because if not, you would get lost. Or B, she wasn't taken from her bed. Right. She was taken somewhere out from somewhere else. So in that room, John Bonet was found on the floor. I mean, I do have a I'm going to cut yeah. you off. I have a question. I don't know. Yeah. Look, I'm, I'm here for questions. Okay. Because you have a fuck ton oh, of notes. I, I know everything. So I don't know if you're about to... St- I don't know if you're ever going to get to this or not, so I don't know when it's appropriate time to ask these questions. Go for it. But you're talking about her room. Like, if we'll say a kidnapper mm-hmm. took her from her room. I thought I heard something like she was in, she never was in a room, like she was in a kitchen, right? Eating? Yes. Yes. Like, should I be saying this right now? I mean, I'm, I'm going to get to that, but yes, she was 
her bed, the way that it was left when she was discovered missing, she had a Beauty and the Beast comforter, and it was just kind of lifted up and moved over. Like, if you were to get up out of like bed... Like, she in the got out of the night, Like, she got up out of... You're right. If there was a kidnapper, you'd think he wouldn't take the time to be quiet. He would just snatch her up, make her quiet, and then take her. Mm-hmm. Again, this is a kidnapping. You know, you take the kid. You take the fucking kid. You don't leave the kid. Yeah. <laughs> so, I, I... anyway, in this room, again, bottom part of the house, other side of the entire property, like just this little bullshit room Yeah, where she was found. She was found on the floor, wrapped in a blanket. Her face was covered up. She had duct tape over her mouth, and she had duct tape on her wrists. They found a garrote around her neck that was still pulled very tightly. Like mm-hmm. whoever did it left it tight. They didn't loosen it. I mean, to be graphic, like it was so tight that no one noticed it at first Yeah, because it was that it just deep blended into her right. neck. Yeah, and if you look up pictures, you can see it. The pictures aren't, I mean, they're terrible when you know that she's a little girl, but they're not like, oh my god, fucking graphic, you know, but they're they're not great. Yeah. Um, there were also marks on the back of her cheek and on her lower back, which later on, detectives said could either be from a train track, which Burke had gotten for Christmas and had been wanting to set up. And his yeah, dad, we're talking toy. Right, toy, tracks. yeah. His dad had actually helped him set it up Christmas night. And, you know, they set that up. I want to, I forget if it was before or after they went out to the party. They went to some friend's party Christmas night, Mm -hmm. um, the night that all this happened. So the train track marks actually match the width and depth of what would be a stun gun wound. So on one hand, you have like, here's this train track that matches completely, but also it's the same fucking mark and width and depth of a stun gun. Mm Mm-hmm. But they were found on, like, right here, like, by her earlobe and cheek right there. And they were found on her back, like, her lower back. She had a cracked skull. And when I say cracked, I mean split open. It was eight inches in length. Like, literally, her head, her skull was cracked in just about half. Wow. Her hands were found over her head. And when John found his daughter's body, he carried her up to another. He carried her up another flight of steps that led into the fam- in the living room. So, the basement. The basement was just this sprawling labyrinth of rooms, doors, closets, space, turns, landings, everything. Someone must have either known the entire layout, again, otherwise they would literally gotten would have gotten lost trying to find their way through that house. Um, the room where her body was found was actually not searched by police or by her family when she was reported missing. They did not search that room because there was a lock on the outside of the door at the very top. Like, they kept it locked because there's, like, paint supplies and stuff in there or whatever. But, again, they did not... They searched everywhere but that room. I... Yeah, I... Look. <laughs> there's a lot... Of, I I know some of this story because I just researched it, like, mm-hmm. very recent so I could be refreshed. Right. But, uh... Yeah. I don't want to bash the police right now. Oh, it's fine. But, uh... <laughs> they fucked this up. The, uh, yeah. Like, from step one. Right. Like, step one. Mm-hmm. It just went to shit, and you can't come back from it. Like, if you fuck up step one, then it's already ruined. Right. But I do know, like, it was Christmas. A lot of people are off mm-hmm. work, like, holidays, and you know. So they kind of had, like, the B team... Right. ...doing this investigation, which... That sucks. Right. Like, there's a reason you're the B team. 
Oh, I know. I mean, it's that's all they had. Available, I know, but know? It, well, and this was the only murder the entire year. Yeah, for that city. Mm-hmm. So they're not used up to, this. to that point. Yeah, right. Well, I mean, it's pretty much the whole entire year. We're talking Christmas. Well, there was another death after her that I'll get. That might have to wait for part two. But yeah, right. But there, but I mean, you went the whole entire year up to Christmas without no murders, anything. right? And so. These cops, they're just, it's not like, you know, being in Detroit or Los Angeles or somewhere, this shit happens right. quite often. Oh, yeah. So, small towns, yeah, murders, broke. yeah, they get fucked Oops. up. Right. Um. Yeah, they definitely fucked this up. <laughs> Absolutely. But, yeah, sorry, go so, ahead. No, no, you're right. So, JonBenet was found almost eight hours later after she was reported missing by her mother with the 911 call. She was found by her father and his friend. I want to say his name's Fleet. The friend, Fleet, noted that it was pitch black in the room when John walked up to the room. And before he even opened the door completely, John said, oh, my God, literally before he turned the light on. Yeah. Fleet couldn't see anything, but John opened the door and immediately saw what Fleet couldn't see and reacted to it. Yeah. So her body remained in the house until 8 p.m. when rigor mortis had already started to set in. So, let's talk about the discovery of the letters. Um, this is, so again, the day after Christmas, uh, December 26, 96, Patsy wakes up at 5.45 a.m. because the family had actually planned on flying out that day to Georgia to have, hold on, fly away to Georgia that day on their private jet, by the way, yeah. to visit their other half of their family, which was in Atlanta. Um, there's a spiral staircase, the infamous spiral staircase, that was led from the third floor down to the second floor down to the kitchen from the Patsy bedroom or Patsy, the Ramsey bedroom. When Patsy went down the steps, she grabbed some laundry by John Bonet's room. Her door was shut. She gets to the bottom of the stairs and she notices a three page ransom letter, which I'm going to read to you in just a second. So the ransom note that Patsy found says, Mr. Ramsey, listen carefully. We are a group of individuals that represent a small foreign fraction we respect your business, but not the country that it serves. At this time, we have your daughter in our possession. She is safe and unharmed, and if you want her to see 1997, you must follow our instructions to the letter. You will withdraw $118,000 from your account. $100,000 will be in $100 bills, and the remaining $18,000 in $20 bills. Make sure that you will bring an adequate size attache to the bank. When you get home, you will put the money in a brown paper bag. I will call you between 8 and 10 a.m. tomorrow to instruct you on delivery. The delivery will be exhausting, so I advise you to be rested. If we monitor hold on, if we monitor you getting the money early, we might call you early to arrange an earlier delivery of the money and hence an earlier pickup for your daughter. Any deviation of my instructions will, be, will result in the immediate execution of your daughter. You will also be denied her remains for proper burial. The two gentlemen watching over your daughter do not particularly like you, so I advise you not to provoke them. Speaking to anyone about your situation, such as police, FBI, etc., will result in your daughter being beheaded. If we catch you talking to a stray dog, she dies. If you alert bank authorities, she dies. If the money in any way is marked or tampered with, she dies. You will be scanned for electronic devices, and if any are found, she dies. You can try to deceive us, but be warned that we are very familiar with law enforcement, countermeasures, and tactics. 
You stand a 99% chance of killing your daughter if you try to outsmart us. Follow your instincts and, your, and you stand a 100% chance of getting her back. You and your family are under constant scrutiny as well as the authorities. Don't try to grow a brain, John. You're not the only fat cat around, so don't think that killing will be difficult. Don't underestimate us, John. Use that good southern common sense of yours. It's up to you now, John. Victory. S-B-T-C. And that was the ransom note. So, first of all, a couple things to point out. This is the longest ransom note in oh, yeah. history. I know. For real. It's the, I'm not saying oh, it, yeah, it really is. It is the long, it's three pages long. And if you look at it, the very beginning looks very shaky. Mm -hmm. Like someone was trying to write a different way, but they, their nerves were shot. So they're all over the fucking place. Yeah. With it. As you continue to read, the person gets calmer. The lettering starts to make more sense. They start letting a few things slide. Um, and if you pay attention, there's a couple words in here. Uh, I think I put it on my notes. Um, actually, you, you know what? I'm going to go back to the letter in just a second. This is important. After Patsy got the letter, okay, she runs up to Burke's room, never asks him anything, just looks around Burke's room and just says, oh my God, oh my God. Burke had also been asleep, though, through everything and only came down after John Bonet had been found. So this whole time they're trying to find her, they never once asked Burke to get up and help search. They never told him what happened. And it, hours later is when she was found. So, again, longest ransom note in history. It's very strange that it was written because there was absolutely no mention of John Bonet's name. They mostly just focused on John. Yeah. Um, also, the experts say that it was written by a female, but instructed by a male, possibly. And experts say that whoever wrote it, it took at least 20 minutes to write this note. Well, and that's everything I read to it. That's 20 minutes if you were writing nonstop. Nonstop, right. Like, you already had all that shit in your head and just blah, 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 just right. wrote it nonstop. 21, it's, it's 20, 20 minutes. minutes. Yeah. Clearly, whoever wrote it, they... Well, that they was wrote like it their in the house. Third, well, yeah, so it was written... In the house, it was on some of uh, Patsy's actual, like, journals, mm -hmm. or not, journal paper. It was written with a felt-tip pen, and the pen was actually put back into the pen holder, and rough drafts of the letter were also, well, the, so the rough drafts of the letter were not found. You could see through the indention on the paper yeah. that that was, like, their third time trying to write Mr. Ramsey. So, a couple things. The... Use of the words fat cat, southern charm, gentleman, and authorities were phrases that Patsy Ramsey not only used in Christmas cards, but in interviews that she did after John Bonet went missing. Like she says the words like fat cat in her Christmas cards, southern charm in her Christmas cards, gentleman in, in the Christmas cards, and other notes. And when she's speaking out on behalf of John's murder or John Bonet's murder, she uses the word authorities, just like in the ransom letter. Yeah, I mean they're. It's They're crazy. originally from the South. Right. Um, so if you were to look at both, like, Patsy's writing compared to the writing of the ransom note. Um, so the A's are the exact fucking same. Like, you know how people, I, I don't really know what it's called, but it's like where you make the A, but you give it, like, a hook and then a belly. Mm -hmm. That's what these A's look like. That's how they, I make mine. Do you really? Yeah. Like this? Oh, no. No, okay. no, no. So it's, I don't know what that is. It's like a backwards G. Looks like a two. It, right. Right. <laughs> so those were the 
types of A's used in the letters and also the types of A's that she wrote with her fucking hands. And you can see side-by-side -side comparison. Um, and the, the words listen carefully is almost identically written from both Patsy's uh, writing sample and the writing sample of the actual ransom note. Mm -hmm. Like so close, in fact, that I had a hard time telling which was which. Wow. It's, it's crazy. Expressions from the letter are very similar to the emphasis and emotions that Patsy was also described as being. So this letter is long, it's drug out, it's emotional, it's dramatic. Yeah. It's it it's her. It's her. On paper. On exactly. It's her on I mean, so we'll just get to that later. So the number $118,000 in ransom, when Patsy was asked to write out the note, she actually wrote out 100 like O N E H U N dollars yeah. Written out in words, not numbers. Who the fuck does that? Someone who's trying to deceive. Because yeah. I well, make my R or my R's, my fours and my fives, really weird. Well, that's a very specific number as mm -hmm. well. Because he just got a bonus mm -hmm. for one hundred and eighteen thousand dollars. Exactly. And not everyone's going to know that. I mean, I mean you're, if you're the, the CEO of the company. You're not telling your coworkers what you got because uh -uh. they didn't get one hundred eighteen thousand dollars. Exactly. So. But, uh, it's a good number to throw out to make it look like someone knew what he had and they wanted that number. Or it's someone very close to you. That's what I was saying. Oh. Yeah. Is fuck. that it, they basically. Yes. Right. It's fucking weird. <laughs> like, like if it was a stranger and they just knew he had money, uh -huh. it would just be. We want a hundred thousand dollars. Right. Like we know you're rich as fuck. Yeah. You can cough up a hundred. Well, even grand. That, if you just saw that he was celebrating his billionth dollar yeah. in sales, I'm going to ask for more than a hundred, like five hundred thousand. A one. Man, you're a cheap, lowballing kidnapper. I want five million. Well, I'm not a kidnapper, right? I'm not either. <laughs> I'm just saying, if I am going to kidnap someone's child, and this person is a multi-millionaire and just sold a billion dollars worth of shit. I'm going to, you're going to be paying me. My number is always $76,000. <laughs> she just needs 76 grand. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's, it's a fucking weird number. Uh, yeah. So let's talk about the 911 call, which I'll play in just a minute. So the 911 call starts out. Patsy clearly is in hysterics, but she still seems a bit odd. Um, Patsy, you know, she's breathing heavy and she's taking pauses. It's almost like, oh God, please help. And then she'll pause yeah. and kind of wait for someone to react to that. And then she'll respond. It's just, it's a very weird call. Now, I'm not saying everybody is like me, but mm -hmm. I will say that if one of my kids came up missing and there was a ransom note, someone else is going to have to call because I'm not going to be able to fucking do it. Right. <clears throat> I'm going to be all over the place, just screaming, pass, just whatever. Like, there's no way that I'm going to be able to make that call. And even if I do make that call, I'm going to be crying. I'm going to be stressed. She didn't really... It just seems very dramatic. So the interesting part is when Patsy, first of all, hangs up on the 911 operator <clears throat> after a few minutes. Uh, question, who hangs up on the 911 operator? Don't you stay on the phone? Right. right. Well, she never even stayed on long enough to... I think the 911 operator told her, had enough time to say, help is on the way. I don't even know if that happened. I would say it was like 20 minutes long. It but was, I don't know was, if she said that anyone was coming yet. Like, I think she no, just she, hung up. She did. She said that people were coming. Or no, that wasn't 20 minutes long. Sorry, that was a different case. <laughs> too much crew time. Too crime. Wow. Too crime. Too can't say. That's take what a break. Or association. Um, 
So, again, when Patsy hangs up the phone on the 911 operator, she actually didn't hang it up. She put the phone down on the receiver or on the hook, but it didn't hang up. Those old school phones, man. These 1996 phones (laughs) fucked her up because what you can hear at the very end of it, and I will play it, is someone in a calmer slash almost angry tone, and you can hear it. Mm -hmm. The 911 operator is like, Patsy... Patsy, and someone says, either we or I'm not speaking to you. And then someone, a little lighter voice says, what did you find? And then the phone hangs up. So, And you can hear that plain as day. Someone's like, I'm not speaking to you. And then someone's like, well, what'd you find? Yeah. And then the call ends. So I'm going to go ahead and play that 911 call for you right now. seconds of something that's inaudible. Patsy thought the phone call was ended. The last thing she ever thought was somebody was still listening to her. Patsy? 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 So that was it. That was the... It's it's hard to hear. It's really hard to hear. It's hard to hear, but if you pull it up, like, not from my phone to the laptop that we're using, but if you actually look it up and look up 911 call decoded, it basically brings it right down. Like, there's some shit said after Patsy thought she had hung up. Yeah, I mean, you can hear you can hear something. Right. So, after she makes the call, police arrive within three minutes. So, the Boulder County police actually show up. But like you were talking about earlier, they only had rookie officers working because it was the holiday shift. So not one person working that day was like a senior detective, a veteran officer. They all had the day off. Yeah. So the Ramsey friends show up and most of them start to immediately clean the house, which I guess would kind of make sense. It's the day after Christmas. There could still be a mess. But again, it's a crime scene. So why would you go clean it? Yeah. I mean, I get it. I mean, mistake one. Right. No one should have been in that house. Right. Exactly. It's a kidnapping. So either way, whether it's a kidnapping or a murder or uh, a burglary, like, yeah. you remove the fucking people from the house because and either way, there's going to be scene. evidence for right. whatever crime right. has been committed. And now it turns into a crime scene, which they basically let tons of people in and just to shit all over. Yeah. So police and detectives, uh, oh, sorry, actually, a little while goes by. 
the officers and family search officer. the house. Uh, what? <laughs> officer. It's officers and family go to search the house. They don't find her. So the cops are like, all right, well, we're just going to go on home. So they literally sent all of the officers back home and they're like, if she shows up, like maybe she'll come back. But we will also bring in this detective to just spend, just to hang out here until we figure out something. So they actually send in Detective Arndt, who <laughs> arrives and searches the house. Um, again, well, at this moment, aren't they waiting on a ransom call? Uh, you can't see me, but I'm doing air right. quotes. Yeah. So uh, again, in the in the ransom note, it did say that we will call you tomorrow. Yeah. Which, if you're up late at night and you're going to go to sleep, and it's the same day, and you wake up, it feels like tomorrow. Yeah. So they were going to wait from a phone call between, I think it said eight and ten or something. But when that time came and went, the Ramseys didn't seem to notice. Like they didn't take into. If that were me, I wouldn't be leaving the phone. Yeah. Like the phone kept ringing. It was friend after friend after friend, but no one called about any kind of ransom note, like or any ransom, like we have your daughter. That never happened. Yeah, I mean the next, I'd be watching a clock, nonstop. If it was a true kidnapping, I mean, that's all you have. Yeah. That's all you have is you are going off this letter, Mm -hmm. and they're calling it from this time to this time. Well, 8 to 10. Come 10.01, that phone ain't fucking rang. What do we do now? Yeah. Like, that's what you... Exactly. You And for one, you always call the FBI. Like, when it comes to a high-profile ransom note, like, of course the FBI are going to get involved. So... Detective Arndt's there, you know, she's hanging out with the family, kind of taking some statements, checking around. She does not, like, lock down the house, which she definitely should have. But she was, again, she was the only detective there. There were no other police officers. It was just her with Mm -hmm. the the Ramsey family and all their friends and all this other shit going on. Um, But, again, you know, they had already went in the basement. They didn't check the wine cellar as they, you know, ended up calling it. So, um... Again, I wrote over here that neither one of them seemed to give a shit about the time. Um, But police did note that Patsy was dressed up in clothes that she had on from the night before, and her makeup was still flawless. So, a couple more hours go by, and Detective Art, you know, notices that the parents are getting kind of, kind of, you know, stir-crazy, whatever, but they never comforted the other person. Yeah. You know, there wasn't any, like, holding the mom, or, like, the mom wasn't wailing, going crazy. It was just... They're in this moment with this officer and all of their friends, and they're just kind of waiting. Yeah. So Detective Arn actually tells John, the dad, and his friend Fleet, why don't you guys just go check the house one more time? So the, uh, let's see, blah, 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 sorry. I find that to be, I know that happens, but the weird thing about that is you're still basing, at least for the cops, like they're still going off. This is a kidnapping. Yeah. They so, think the, the, the kid's gone. I don't know what you're about to say, mm-hmm. but when she tells them to, you know, search a house again, mm-hmm. they, in my head, if it were me and I'm going off a kidnapping, I'm going to search the place where I last seen her, mm-hmm. which would be her room. Yeah. That's where I want to go look first. Which they... They didn't. They, yeah. He went... Boom. The very first place they looked is where she's at. Are you fucking kidding me? Are you kidding me? Hours had went by and then he decides to go straight down to the basement with Fleet directly because there were other rooms in that basement. Yeah. And the first time I looked at the basement, no one went in that room. They they searched the basement and no one went in that room. And then the second go around hours later, 
that's the first room you go to look at. Mm-hmm. All those seems like bullshit. bullshit. Right. So John and his BFF fleet, they search the basement. And again, John unlocks the wine cellar door. But before turning on, turning on the light, John says, oh, my God. And to this day, the best friend fleet will not speak to John after all these years because he says he thinks John knew she was behind that door because he said, oh, my God, before either one of them was actually able to see her, which is strange. And when people have tried to interview Fleet, he's just like, I want nothing, nothing to do. And this was someone's best friend. Yeah. He was like, I think he was uh, their neighbor, too. Something strange. Like, this isn't right. I'm I'm done with, with this. So when John gets, when he sees <clears throat> little John Bonet, he removes the duct tape from her mouth and he carries her up the steps and places her under the Christmas tree on the floor. Patsy then throws well, herself onto the daughter or he under her daughter her. and wails out a cry. The <clears throat> cop or the detective, whatever she is, or, yeah. she specifically told them if you when you go look again, if you do find something, don't fucking touch it. Don't touch it. it. Right. Don't touch it. <clears throat> exactly. And I can't say that he was completely in the wrong. Like if it were me and I saw right. I am I'm going to pick her up. Absolutely. I just... You know what, though? With the duct tape, I think that might be a really good... He took off that duct tape, but whoever killed her put that duct tape on her. Where's the duct tape? You don't ever hear about the fucking duct tape. There has to be... When you take a piece of tape, your prints are on the top, the bottom, the whole thing. Well, yeah. Where's that duct tape? You never hear anybody ever mention the fucking duct tape. Ever. So, Detective Arndt says that when John came up the steps, they met eye-to-eye. And Detective Arndt said she actually had a visual eye-to-eye moment with him where she says she immediately knew who the killer was. So, she, in fear of her safety and the safety of other people in the home, she undoes the safety of her holster with her gun and her left armpit or whatever, undoes the safety, grabs a hold of it, and mentally counts out that... She had enough bullets in that whatever. Um, And again, she was the only detective there. So she's thinking eye to eye, this is the fucking killer. Oh my God, do I have enough bullets? Mm -hmm. This shit's about to go down. Well, when JonBenet, she was removed eight hours later and taken to the morgue where her autopsy was done the next day. But but Boulder police actually kept her body for three days. Mm -hmm. It would not let her family see it. Well, going back, uh-huh. like, while she's still, like, right when he brought her up and laid her by the Christmas tree. Right. There was, uh, this is, and it, yeah, the mom, Patsy, was very dramatic. Mm-hmm. So this could call to that. Yeah. But it's also fucking weird, too, because he laid her down at the Christmas tree. And then Patsy is, like, on top of her, just holding her. But the things that she's saying... Is <clears throat> yeah, I, I've seen it in movies where oh, people yeah. are faking, but they're so over the fucking top with it when someone's looking at them directly. Yeah, yeah. and then we'll say that person that was looking at them <clears throat> turned away, right. and when they turn, there was like, and then they look they're back in like, yeah. oh, oh Jesus, oh Lord, yeah. why take my? Ba-? I mean, it was too much. It she, was way too yeah, much. She was reco- she was said to have said things like. Oh sweet Jesus! You just took our baby from us two years ago. Why did you have to take John Bonnet? John John Bonnet, take me instead. Why God? Why? Yeah, I'm not gonna be saying that shit <laughs> no. over my my dead child. Yeah, I'm gonna be 
screaming and crying. And why didn't anyone think to, I don't know, if I were John, I'd been like, call the fucking ambulance. Give that, you know, yeah. something. He just brought it I up. I just wanted to throw that in there. It's, no, no, no. It's you're fishy. Actually, you're, it's the whole thing's fishy. This reeks. It doesn't of, smell right. It stinks. There's something Slap going stink, on. God, God damn it. it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, here's the autopsy. Now, this is, this is rough. This is, this is pretty rough. So, the autopsy. There were two marks on her body, by her cheek and on the left side of her lower back, either bruising or burns from a stun gun, um, or that train track that I had mentioned earlier. Her wrists, again, were... Well, one wrist was tied, the other one was not. They were found above her head with duct tape around one wrist, and the other one, the other wrist had been tied. There were a total of two knots, including the garrote and the wrist. A massive, sorry, eight and a half inch fracture on her skull, look, literally almost broke her skull in half, was the entire length of the right side of her, of her skull. Her vagina showed signs of chronic inflammation. Her hymen was halfway broken, which could have either been from like sexual abuse or it could have been from an infection. You know, sometimes kids don't properly wipe front to back. Maybe she, I don't know, had some urinary tract backed up. Like, there are a lot of yeah. explanations for what that could be. But if her hymen was halfway broken, it's probably halfway broken because the vagina had also been penetrated by a paintbrush handle, which was broken in half. There were wood splinters found on the outside of her vagina, like someone had tried to put it in mm. and missed a couple times. Um, the vagina had also been wiped clean. There were no semen or signs of large, like, adult penile rape. There was nothing like that. Um, it was, they thought that it was used, like, someone used a baby wipe on it. It was yeah. like a cleansing yeah. wipe of some sort. But they never found that. They never found that wipe. Um, they were... There's a little bit of blood, a little bit of bruising, and a little bit of abrasions found in the vaginal area as well. They, she had bruises on her shoulders, her legs, her feet, and actually six portions of the autopsy report remained sealed from public knowledge. So there are six more things added to the autopsy that we will never know about because those are sealed. Right. And trust me, I've looked. I cannot <laughs> find them. I think they might include, like, time of death and a couple other things, but... Um, there is a uh shit, hold on. I think I hold uh, on. Well, I mean you're gonna have to cut this part. That's uh, just terrible. I it's right. It, it it yeah, it's awful. Um and she was only six. Only fucking six. So John Benet's room, again, second floor, full balcony. The bed was in a very well kept manner. There were no shuffles in the sheets. It was almost as if she had just basically gotten up out of bed and went downstairs. She slept on a twin-sized bed with the Beauty and the Beast sheet and comforter. So, you mentioned earlier about her being downstairs and eating. This is really interesting. This is what I called pineapple and tea. So, in the kitchen, again, the main mm -hmm. kitchen where John Bonet and Burke and the family yeah. would eat, was a bowl of fresh-cut pineapple was found in the kitchen on the counter, just feet from the ransom letter. The bowl contained Burke's fingerprints, as did a glass of iced tea, which only Burke drank. So pineapple was also found in JonBenet's stomach during the autopsy. So at some point in that night, she had actually come downstairs and ate pineapple. That One is piece. a... Right. There was... She had pineapple in her belly. I'm just going to throw this out there real quick. I had to say one piece, mm -hmm. because... I'm not accusing anything right now, but 
I think someone else was eating that pineapple. And, and right. she just came and took a piece. Kind of like when we're eating, I'm like, oh, I want one of those nuggets. And I steal one of your nuggets and I eat it. That's why she only had one piece. It wasn't, she didn't go down there to eat. Right. Someone was there eating, not her. And, and it's that someone has their fingerprints <clears throat> all over it. Right. So, again, after, at some point she came downstairs and had pineapple. So sometime after that, she had to have either went back up in her room and then been taken down to the basement, or she was led to the basement or taken down, either hit with a toy, stunned by a stun gun. She was then bashed in the head, which was probably what they consider to be like the kill shot. Because mm-hmm. that crack, I mean, it, it was so massive. They think it was the only thing that they found in the house that could have done that was a giant like maglite flashlight. Yeah. That matched the, if you were to do that on a, other person like that it would make that kind of a wound so uh let's see and strangled by a garrote made of nylon cord and a broken paintbrush so someone used the materials in that room to make this garrote yeah and i've never made a garrote but i know they're not easy and you have to either be trained to you to make one or you kind of teach yourself how to do it for whatever reason but garrots are not good um so Again, part of that paintbrush handle was used to assault her sexually. The knots of the garrote were very special knots. Someone knew exactly what to do and how to do it. Her hands were bound, duct taped together, and at some point apart, raised over her head. She had also wet herself, which could have been, you know, after the death. Her body just releases everything. Um, But that kind of goes against the whole theory of, you know, some people think that Patsy did it because... John Benet peed to bed. I don't believe that at all. She didn't do it. That's her cash no. cow. No, well, not just that. That's her baby. Well, like a lot of unfortunately, right. there's a lot of people out oh, there that call their children. But so I can't even say, well, that's her kid. Right. No, it's that kid made her money and gave her attention. That's why yeah, she's she didn't not do it. it. She wouldn't never. She would never do that. Um, again, the vaginal area was wiped clean with the wet wipe. So we're almost done with this episode, <laughs> and then we're gonna have to hop on into theories. But I do have a couple more things. So, let's talk about Burke for just a quick second. Again, nine years old. At nine years old, you're a little boy, but you're still stronger than a six-year-old girl. You know, he, again, was known as being shy, reclusive. He had that little overbite, somewhat of a temper issue. Um, he was said to have fits of rage, and he actually hit JonBenet at one point in time with a golf club in the face and the cheek in 1994, which when she was four years old. He would also poop. And then take his poop and smear it on his walls and even on John Bonet's wall. So definitely was the second favorite child, and he was definitely jealous of John Bonet for obvious reasons. You know, she's beautiful, she's sweet, she's perfect. Just this who's what little brother or or you know, older brother sibling's not gonna be a little bit jealous. Right. You know? So that's a little bit about Burke. After John Bonet's funeral, the family immediately moves back to Atlanta, where they actually have uh, their other daughter buried with, or next to John Bonet. Let, let me cut you off yeah. since you're talking about Atlanta. The the thing that you forgot to mention earlier, mm-hmm. which I don't know, this could be a weird, grievy thing. I don't freaking know, but John called his pilot. Mm-hmm. Before she, to fly out mm-hmm. to Atlanta, him and Patsy and Burke, whatever, mm-hmm. they, they were all leaving before Jominet was even found. Yeah. Like, that's, that's pretty vital to throw in there. Like, why the fuck would you do that? You're, gre- I, uh, so I don't you're, even, like, it's. 
So you're saying that he called to say, hey, um, we, we still want to get out of here. Yes. Okay. When the detective was there, she told him, like, whoa, 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 whoa. Like, you need to be here in case she comes back. Like, if <laughs> if she shows up and you're in Atlanta, like, this isn't... Right. So part of that, I'm actually glad that you mentioned it earlier because I did some extensive research and I found footage of that. He actually called his pilot to, yes, confirm they were going to be heading out today, but they can't right now because there's this issue. So the detective... Is that then, the thought that comes in your head, though? Your child's missing? Is, well, is this mean, a thing that needs to be done? I guess, kind of. I mean, depending on if they had one this phone line This is your or, private or pilot. Yeah, but I mean, if look, if I had the time, I probably would call and be like, hey, Pilot Joe, you know, don't set my private jet up yet. I have shit that's going on here. Just, we're not leaving yet. But the detective, actually, Detective Arndt told John, oh yeah, you're you're not leaving. Like, this is a crime scene. Like, we, you cannot go anywhere. And he was like, yeah. that's fine. I was just making sure. So that was actually a rumor. I'm going to be putting some rumors to rest here in just a minute. Um... But yeah, he did not try to leave. He just tried to say, hey, we're still going to need to go, but yeah. not right now. Um, so Patsy Ramsey, actually, during all of this, was in remission. She had uh, ovarian cancer, but she actually passed away in 2005 from it. Uh, but while she was alive, she was never actually ruled out as a suspect until a new um, woman from the Boulder, Colorado prosecutor joined the force, and officially cleared the Ramseys of any of the crime in 2008. Yeah. Um, I didn't know about that part. Yeah. Yeah, they were, three years after Patsy Ramsey died, this new woman comes in, Boulder, just on Team Ramsey all the way. Yeah. And she declared them, all of them, completely innocent of any wrongdoings during this crime. So the Ramseys actually sold the house to a friend, who then sold the house to another friend, and the current residents right now are a couple named Tim and Carol Milner. The Milners completely renovated the home where it looks absolutely nothing like it did in 96 when John Bonet was, was murdered. The once labyrinth basement where John Bonet was found is now just one huge fucking living room. Gigantic. I'm talking like a thousand feet. The entire basement of the home is now just one big room. I've, I've seen pictures and we will post pictures and stuff up on our Patreon at some point if you want, like, detailed photos and other, like, clips of news and everything else that we weren't able to get into yet. So, however, we have to stop the episode now because we're getting into the rumors that were bullshit. And this is the next week or next week when, when we do this, I'm going to go through every rumor that anyone has ever said about the Ramseys or the police or whatever. And I found the proof on it. Some are bullshit and some actually hold some water. So we're going to do rumors next week. And theories. Theories, Yep. Theories. We're going to talk about DNA. We're going to talk about three possible um, suspects aside from the one who I think already did it. Mm. (laughs) But there are three other people who could have very possibly have done this. I just want to say something. Mm Mm-hmm. About the the case. Right. Like, what we've already done. Mm-hmm. I have never... Uh, I, I've never really read anything about it going from kidnapping to murder. Okay? Mm-hmm. They will go with someone outside of this house is responsible for this. Mm-hmm. 
I have never heard of someone doing that that came into the house with no note. Right. No pen, right. no paper. They had no weapons. Mm-hmm. Everything was uh, it was a weapon of opportunity. Right. Whatever was laying around, that's what you use. Then you come up with this note, and I'm going to use this paper from here. I'm going to pull this pen off your desk. I'm going to do this. I'm going who walks into a house? <laughs> Nobody. That has nothing. Like, if I came into that, the only time that shit like that's <clears throat> ever really happened is, like, um, burglars. Yeah. And they even have shit on them, because how the fuck do you get in a house unless you just, like, drop kick the window? I mean, there are ways, but oh, most, there are so many, right. most people have, like, I don't want to say, like, you have a murder kit. Or you have, but the people, people get caught with that stuff. Like, yeah. they, the guy in Chillicothe that was um, raping and Neil, murdering the... Neil somebody. Yeah, like, he had a rape kit in yeah. his car that they Bundy found. Bundy had a rape kit. They, <clears throat> yeah. burglars have a fucking burglar kit. Well, like, who, I mean, let's this also is talk about the most obvious thing here is... This is a kidnapping, but they left the kid in the house. Yeah. How are you going to ask for money? Take the time to write out this detailed ransom note, ask for money, and then leave the kid Dude, behind. Dude, it's like, uh, we should be cops. Because if you, uh, anybody, Jacob could figure out this fucking case. It's so simple, but yet there's, you know what? Uh, <laughs> I, I heard a quote the other day. I, I can't think of where it's from, but it said something like, green is the color of justice. And it's true. Yeah. Like, if you got O.J. Simpson, we all know that motherfucker did it. Of course he did it. But you know what? If it don't fit, we must acquit. That is what got him freed. So there are a couple of things I will bring up next week as well on different theories and thoughts. But um, there's actually another case that happened just like this to another little girl in Boulder, Colorado, just a few short years after John Bonet was found murdered. So there, there is some definite reasonable doubt. There are some questions about these other people. Look, that's all it takes a to suicide. get away with stuff. It's not a, whether you did it or not, and there's hard evidence. It's what did how much Washington reasonable doubt say at the end of a fuck? Are, are you fucking kidding me? That movie where he's like, King Kong ain't got shit on me. Is it traffic? No, that's, that's not it. Who are we talking about? Denzel Washington. Denzel Washington. He says something like. It ain't about what you know, oh, it's about it's what when you, he's the dirty you, can, cop. you can prove. Yeah. It's um with Ethan Hawk. Yeah, I, I know the training, training day. Training day. Yep. Yep. God. That was gonna eat <laughs> me from the inside. But no, he, he says something like it's not about what you know, it's about what you can prove. Exactly. And that's exactly it. And you throw on a multi million dollar person, you know, money. I don't know what I can and can't say to get away with this, but all I'm saying is, wait till you hear my theory for next week, because I'm pretty sure a lot of people have the same theory, but there are three other things that you may not know about that you're definitely going to want to listen into. Yeah. So. I mean, it's a good start. This, We're at a good that's start. What, that's what happened. Everyone's caught up now. These are facts. That's exactly how it happened. Um, and the people that own the house now, the dad, uh, the owner's father, I can't think of his name, but he was this like televangelist preacher guy that I remember seeing on TV when I was much younger. So it's like another very rich, wealthy family of course. that owned this house. Um, yeah. And they just gutted it. Like there could still be fucking clues there. Like they had, they had a private investigator named um, Mr. Smith or something in on it. I think a lot of his shit was wrong, but I don't know. I'm not, you a, can't really say there was evidence in there. I mean, there's, it's ruined it. You can't, there's like, there's too many people that's been in there. there it's done. I know. There's so yeah. Then remodel the house doesn't. 
they can do it. I mean, it's not. Well, they did it. I mean, even if they money. didn't remodel the house and they found something, you can't use it in court. Right. Like, it's <clears> just, it's destroyed. Right. So. So that is part one of John Bonet. Next week's going to be really interesting. But in the meantime, we want to know what you guys think. Everyone knows about this John Bonet Ramsey case. Everybody. I don't care if you're old, <clears throat> young, if you were born tomorrow, or you will eventually find out about this case. What do you think happened? Who do you think did it? Do you think it was an inside job? Do you think it was a random pedophile? Do you think this was planned out? We want to know what you think. Hit us up at dedacademypodcast at gmail.com or on Facebook, Dead Academy Podcast. We're also on Twitter and Instagram. Instagram. Are we on Reddit? We're, it's we're not about necessarily, to be on you're not on Reddit. I mean, it's like, I don't know how to Reddit. You tag us, you tag Dead Academy and Reddit. I'll, I'll see it. Yeah. But I can't fucking tell you anything else about it. <laughs> yeah. Just do the main social medias. Yeah. I don't know Reddit. Michelle handles Instagram and Twitter and Gmail. I handle Facebook. <clears throat> but yeah. We see who the workhorse is. We want to know. <laughs> <laughs> we want to know what you guys think. Please leave us a rating, review, <clears throat> share it with your friends. Um, I'm really anxious for next week. Yeah. I'm definitely going to bring some shit to life that I promise some of you have never heard of before. This is years of extensive research, and I finally get to tell the story. So, bless her heart. I hope they find out who did it, but I don't think we will ever be able to persecute who did do it. Or yeah. Prosecute. Prosecute. Sorry. Oh, yeah. <clears throat> prosecute. I don't want to be persecuting yeah, I mean, any people. Send me so, water. <clears throat> thanks for listening, and yeah. make sure you tune in next week to hear the the end of it. Part two. Part two. Part yeah. duh. And if you have something you want to say on, on the podcast or a quote, shoot us that message and I will read it and we will discuss it. All right. Thanks and for listening, guys. Yeah, thanks. Have a good one. Later. See ya. Bye.